Thank you for coming to the podcast. This is Top Turtle MMA Podcast on FlowCombat.com. I'm Daniel Gumby Freeland, joined as always by my co-host Shockwave Dave Tremonte. So there's no UFC events this weekend, which means we can't give you our usual fights, dogs, and parlay segment. But that doesn't mean we don't have some great MMA content for you because the MMA world never sleeps. There's bunches of news coming out this week, including John Jones's new opponent. That's right, John Jones has got a fight booked for February against Dominic Reyes, and we are talking to Dominic Reyes about that fight. We actually got a chance to talk to him just before it was officially announced, so you'll hear him talk about the prospect of it being announced, as well as how he likes that fight with John Jones going and why he thinks he's such a good matchup for John Jones. So you're going to want to make sure to listen in to that awesome interview with Dom Reyes. Plus, me and Shockwave Dave will be doing a little bit of a fun award ceremony. We're going to call them the Toppy Awards, Top Turtles Awards for four of pretty much the most absurd things of the year. It's obviously a little bit too early to do our knockout and submission of the year and things like that. But we did want to do something a little bit fun, a little bit of a fun award ceremony for you guys in this UFC off week. But of course, before we get to any of that content, we got to let you know that this episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast is brought to you by the Punch Lab app. We all know that it's hard to get to the gym at a specific time, especially if you're looking to work out with a boxing or a striking coach. We also know that it is really expensive and somewhat hard to find a good boxing coach. Well, not anymore because the Punch Lab app now brings high quality boxing instructors right into the palm of your hands. You download the app, which you can get on both the Google Play or iTunes app store, and they've got workouts designed by real qualified boxing coaches that talk you through sessions on the heavy bag or shadow boxing. And they have ones designed for MMA, kickboxing, Muay Thai, and more. Plus, you can attach your phone to the heavy bag using their belt, and it will actually count and measure the strength of your punches and kicks. So I want you to head on over to wherever it is you download apps, download this app, and change the way you train striking. Punch Lab app brings you this episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast, and it starts right now. This is Daniel Gumby Vreeland with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com. And today, I have the pleasure of speaking to Dominic Reyes, the top light heavyweight contender in the UFC right now. Dom, everything seems to be pointing to a match with John Jones. John Jones even seeming to hint to it on Twitter right now. How close are we to an official announcement for you as the number one contender for that title? Uh, how's it going? Uh, and we're real close. Real close. So I have to ask if we're real close, you know, uh, you know, we're recording this right now on Thursday. Uh, if we're recording this right now on Thursday, would you say by the time this airs on Monday or Tuesday, we're already going to have the announcement or shortly thereafter? I think shortly thereafter. Awesome. Good to hear. So now knowing that I have to imagine that you're, you're already in camp for John Jones. How's the camp looking and, uh, how, how far into the preparation process are you? Um, right now we're only a couple weeks in. I mean, um, been training for a couple weeks, but right now it's the early phases of camp, so it's just kind of easing back into it. Um, getting ready for a long camp where we make that push in the last six weeks. Awesome. So, you know, obviously you can't give away details here. I'm sure the UFC wouldn't be super happy with you if you did. Um, but it is, is it a little bit of a longer camp? Are you going to have a little bit of a wait before this fight, uh, actually goes down? 
<laughs> who knows, man? As John said, it, it could be in a few weeks. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Well, uh, we certainly won't push you any further on that. Now, I do, <laughs> do have to ask, you know, obviously he's quite the mouth when it comes to Twitter and, and actually with interviews mm-hmm. as well. What are sort of your thoughts on the general trash talk he's hurled your way uh, in leading up to this announcement that's inevitably coming? I think it's the trash talk he's hurled towards me is just kind of, I don't know, misguided, kind of confused. Like he doesn't really know how to take me. <laughs> he doesn't know if I'm sincere or not, or messing with them or I'm t- trash talking. And to be honest, I don't know either. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying, <like, laughs> I'm just kind of messing with them. And it seems to be working. I, I think I uh, got under his skin a little bit. Um, not even trying so that's cool (laughs) yeah well like i said you you know you're not too much of a guy who who usually slings the trash talk so you're you're just sort of figuring this out as you go as well yeah absolutely um just figuring it out like say one moment i want to like say something or whatever and i just say it i don't really put much thought into it i know a lot of guys put a lot of thought into a lot of things they say on twitter and things like that but I just kind of just say, like, it's not really premeditated. Well, so, we, we, we yeah. love that authenticity then, because that's the, the realest thing on Twitter then, apparently. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Apparently I'm doing it wrong, so I need to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Well, so uh, obviously, you know, the, the lead up to the fight's exciting, but obviously the, the fight itself is the, what we're really excited about. Now, people Absolutely. have said a dozen times before that they're the one to, to dethrone John Jones. They're the one to, you know, make him not. You know, They've actually said it 14 times. Four, 14 <laughs> times, exactly. So over, a dozen, <laughs> over a dozen times. So I got to ask you, wh- why do you feel like you're the one to, to dethrone John Jones here? Uh, honestly, man, I, I could give you all the reasons. I could tell you that, you know, I'm the first legit athlete he's ever fought. I could tell you that um, the first, like, real you know, American football, baseball, wrestling, track and field, all that stuff. And the first guy that he's ever fought that was well-versed in all those aspects as well as academics, you know, 4.0. I have a degree in information systems, you know. I'm more than equipped to handle John Jones. I think, uh, you know, I can say whatever, man. It doesn't matter. People don't want to hear what I have to say. People want to see what I have to say. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, 14, like you said, 14 other guys have said it. And there's all kinds of different narratives and things like that. But at the end of the day, people just want to see results, just like anything else. The build-up's going to be fun, um, I'm sure. But uh, they just they want people – no matter what I say, everybody's going to say the same thing. Oh, so-and-so said that before. Oh, that's said before. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's the general – like. When you're going to fight someone, there's only so many routes you could take which you're going to say about how you're going to fight them. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm just going to go out there and do what I do best, and that's fight. And I fight with a lot of passion. So I think uh, to answer your question, uh, frankly, I'm, I'm just the best athlete, best athlete he's ever faced to this point. That certainly makes a lot of sense to me. Now, you, you said people want to see – 
the results. People want to see what you're able to do. Do you think that that fight with with Chris Weidman was the thing that that sort of put people over the edge? Because obviously that there's a couple other contenders out there too who recently came off impressive performances. Mm-hmm. Do you think the fact that it was against Chris Weidman was what got you this title shot? I think the fact that it was against Chris, uh, it was a main event. It was in Boston, you know, like. There was all these other factors, you know, pressures, the former champion, he's moving up. I have, I had everything to lose in that fight. Mm-hmm. You know, everything. I had nothing. I mean, I had something to gain, obviously, but. Yeah. I had everything to lose. If I would have lost, I would have, like, super slid down the rankings. You know, things would have not gone my way at all. My life would be completely different at this moment. Um, then I went out there and I handled him the first round, as I said I would. You know, I said I was going to knock him out, and I did. Um, that says a lot. It's a per- performance-based industry, and I'm knocking people out when I'm supposed to knock people out. So I think that kind of solidified it. That got For me, that, that made me like happy with myself again. Because I, I was unhappy with myself after the Vulcan fight, and I wasn't happy with where I was with my performance. Not with what I was, but with my performance. And I wanted, I wanted to show myself that, you know what, you do have what like you are that you are who you say, who you think you are. Like you're out here to finish, you're a finisher. And, um, that brought myself, um, back to that, that realm of, okay, this is where you, this is where you are. This is, this is who you are. You were like, you're taking care of yourself, not about not worrying about, you know, anybody else or what they're going to do, but just going out there and doing your thing. And that's what I did. And that's what I'm, I'm going to do coming, moving forward. And, like, I can like the cool thing about this fight. Like, if I fight John Jones, if I get this fight, everything goes through. The best thing about this fight, which I've never had in my entire career, is I'm I have nothing to lose. I'm fighting for the title. I'm undefeated. I'm six fights into my UFC career. Like, there's nothing to go. There's nowhere to go but up. You know, win or lose in this fight. So that's kind of what I'm bringing to the table. It's just pure freedom, <laughs> pure freedom and love. I put myself in a position to be completely like I could just go out there and enjoy it every second of it. That's certainly very exciting, too. And I got to ask you in there, too. You know, you said you were you were disappointed with the Vulcan Ozdemir fight. You, you came in with a chip on your shoulder in order to beat Chris Weidman to really show that that's who you were. You know, like you're a knockout artist. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're looking at John Jones's recent uh, performances, you know, he's coming off a decision win, you know, a couple decision wins in a row, you know, maybe not looking as good as he possibly can. Do you think that that is part of a weak spot in his game, too, is that he doesn't have that finishing instinct anymore? Um, yeah, I haven't seen, I haven't really seen him finish in a, in a minute. I was there when he finished Gus, mm-hmm. but Gus didn't look very good in that fight, in my opinion. Um, but whatever, you know, that's his business on, on that day. He didn't show up, you know, his best, his best self. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I've never really, John is a finisher, but he's, he doesn't, I don't know. I I feel like it's the perfect storm, man. <laughs> yeah. I've been saying this for a few years. Like my my destiny is to beat John. Like everything's kind of lining up for this to happen that way. You know, he barely lost Tiago. I mean, he barely beat he barely beat Tiago with a split decision. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted John to win, 
because I wanted to be the one to be throwing Johns, and he barely gets out of that one. I think the clock's uh, coming, ticking on him. I think time's running out, and I'm, I'm, I'm not just a guy that's like lucky enough to be here. I'm the the guy that's in the right place at the right time right now. Absolutely. Now, I, I'm going to ask you one question, too, about being the right guy, because obviously there are two other guys also chirping John Jones just about every day on Twitter, mm-hmm. maybe maybe being a little bit more active than you on Twitter, too. And that's Corey Anderson and Jan Blankovic. Have you seen what they're saying? Uh, are you paying any yeah, attention? I, I'm, to what I'm they're aware saying? of what's going on. Uh, I'm not really worried about it, to be honest with you. You know, uh, I've, I have a lot of respect for Corey. I think me and him are definitely going to fight one day. Um but my resume is just stronger than his. You know, he knows that. He understands that. He gets it. it he, he's frustrated by it, you know, but it is what it is. And he understands, like, we have a similar case to plead here, but I'm undefeated. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that that separates us. That 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 O separates us to where, our, you know, I'm next. And he has to wait his turn. And he gets it. He doesn't like it, but he gets it. And, uh, yeah. And as far as, uh, Jan, I mean, his last performance was, I wouldn't say his best performance. I think he, uh, respected Jacques Ray a little too much. I think they respected each other too much. And they didn't, um, pull the trigger as much as they should have. And we got a little bit of a lackluster fight out of them in the last fight. But, you know, it is what it is. So I'm really not worried about my position. Um, so yeah, it's just interesting to see what they're saying. It's kind of funny. My dad actually keeps me updated on everything. <laughs> you know what Corey said today? I was like, Corey's fine. He's, <laughs> he's just frustrated, dad. I know, but he's talking about you. I'm like, he's just trying to voice his case, but it doesn't matter, pop. And he's like, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> so that, that's kind of interesting. Was your dad a big MMA fan before, uh, you know, like you became the star you were? Or what, has he sort of, you know, gotten more into it because of you? So, yeah. So as my career is built, he's become <laughs> more and more involved <laughs> in, like, the goings on, like, with other fighters and who said what. And just, I guess, keep me updated on everything. He's, you know, he's the biggest fan. He's my, he's my dad, so. Well, he got my back. I, I love that. I love a good story about, uh, you know, a parent who, who's a super fan as well. <laughs> now, He's a super fan. It's awesome. I, I got to ask you one more question about uh, John Jones before we let you go here. It, it seems like, you know, with a run like he's had, you said, you know, 14 times in a row, uh, mm-hmm. it, it's almost inevitable that if you do beat him, it seemingly would be a rematch right around the corner, right? Like th- that, that oh, yeah. seems to be oh, the, yeah. the play. Is it something that's, that's crossed your mind? About. Is it something that's crossed your mind, uh, you know, at this, even at this point? When I beat John, there will be a rematch and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. This is Dominic Reyes, top light heavyweight contender and possibly very soon to be announced as the number one contender for John Jones' title. Dom, thanks so much for the time, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And that interview with Dominic Reyes is brought to you by Maroon Social. M-A-R-U-N-E. Maroon Social is the one and only social media app designed just for those of you who train martial arts and it doesn't matter what martial art you train because maroon social has got you covered on all fronts whether you train sambo kickboxing judo jujitsu it doesn't matter 
you can track your training on this app. Let me tell you how it works. You download it at whatever store you use, whether you use Google Play, iTunes Store, or some other sketchy site, they've got it. You download the Maroon Social app, you set up your profile, you tell them where you train, what belt level you have, what martial art you like to train, and from there you can log your, your training sessions. And what's really cool about that is that, first of all, you can leave notes so that you don't forget anything. And second of all, they tell you if you're making progress towards your goals, how much you're training week to week, month to month, what types of things you've been training more often than others. It's a really helpful way to stay on top of what you wanna do on the mats. So head on over to whatever app store you use and check out Maroon Social. Now I'm Daniel Gumby Freeland, joined as always by Shockwave Dave Tremonte. Dave, I personally love Dominic Reyes's approach to social media, letting his dad in on some of that action, but I wanna know how you feel about him as the upcoming challenger for John Jones's title. I'm really excited with him as the title challenger upcoming for John Jones. You know, I, for me, I actually think he was the right choice. In a field of people who weren't overwhelmingly the right choice, I think he was the most right choice out of somewhat of an underwhelming field, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, and when you think about, and, and he even says it in there, when you think about all of the different things that you could use as qualifiers, you know, recent big wits, both the, both him and Corey Anderson and to some extent Jan Blankovic have have good recent wins. But you have to remember that those other two guys have had sort of a hole poked in their game at some point in time, right? Like both Corey Anderson and Jan Blankovic have suffered somewhat recent losses. Whereas with Dominic Reyes, you got a guy who's undefeated. You got a guy who has that like sparkle and that shine that you're looking for when you're trying to sell a fight against John Jones, who everybody for the most part believes is unbeatable. So it, like it, it, he's the right choice for that reason. And, you know, I, I think he makes some good points. He poses a lot of problems to John Jones that not a lot of people do. Yeah. And, you know, also in these under, I hate to even call them underwhelming because I respect a lot of the fighters that have challenged Jones recently, but it's John Jones. He's the goat. I mean, we could call it what it is. There's no one where you even consider Jones being an underdog for it or, you know, a, a, a tight matchup where you think it's going to go down to the wire. But that being said, Jones hasn't necessarily been dominant in his past two title defenses. No, I, he, you I, know, I think he looked bad, uh, particularly against Tiago Santos. He looked tentative. Yes. And, and if you were to fight somebody like Dominic Reyes, who is, you know, I wouldn't say more explosive than Tiago Santos, because Tiago Santos is very explosive, but, like, has a little bit more of a well-rounded game top to bottom like Dominic Reyes. And Dominic Reyes is also definitely more of an athlete than, than Tiago Santos is. You know what I mean? Like, he, he has got the quickness isn't there for Dominic Reyes. The power punching, you know, you might lead Tiago Santos. But, like, the takedown ability you're going with Reyes, the, the speed, the footwork. I'm going with Dominic Reyes on a lot of those things. So, like, I, I think that for that reason, you know, it's an interesting one. Yeah, I, I also have to say, at some point, every no one comes out of MMA unscathed. Uh, you know, maybe Habib, if he only has two more fights, but even Habib, I could see losing to one of the next three matchups being Tony, Gaethje, or even like, oh, let's just say GSP, or, I mean, they share a manager, but I'd love to see him versus Usman at 170. So I think Habib has the best chance. I think we'll see Jones lose before he retires. I hate to make the comparison to horse racing. I've done it before, though. And, you know, the lifespan of a fighter 
is just not long. I, you know, Reyes and Jones, they're pretty close in age. Reyes is 29, Jones is 32, but Reyes only had 12 professional fights. There's a lot less mileage on Reyes's body. And if Reyes beats John Jones, you know, I think that's one of the things we'll point to uh, at this point. And also, Jones is coming off a five-round fight. Like, these things, they add up, and he's been in a lot of wars. I mean, even the, the DC fights, while he won both of them handily, you don't just fight a Daniel Cormier and, you know, go the next morning in the park running six miles. Yeah. All this stuff adds up. Yeah, all of his fights are, are seem to have taken a toll off of him. Like, you know, you, you mentioned the DZ fights. You can mention the Gus fight, too, has taken a lot out of him. You know, like, e- even to some extent, Anthony Smith's fight was, was a grueling battle as well. You know, like, I, I think definitely there's something to be said about the mileage on, on John Jones and whether or not at some point in time that catches up with him. Well, I'll tell you what I can't wait to catch up with. It's our first annual Toppy Awards, Top Turtles, Toppy Awards. It's our version of a award show for, let's just call it wacky or the bad moments of the UFC this year. Think of it almost like the Razzie, if you're familiar with that for bad movies. But for MMA, we're very excited to bring this to you. We threw it out to our fans on Twitter, solicited some feedback. Gumby, before we get into it, one may wonder, though, does anyone sponsor the first annual Toppy Awards? Sure. The Toppy Awards are brought to you by A Story About a Fight from Rumination Films. A Story About a Fight is a short action drama film about the beauty and the violence of MMA. You can check out the entire cast, crew, and all that good information at astoryaboutafight.com or check them out on Twitter at a story of fight. All right. It wouldn't be the top turtle toppy awards. If we didn't start with in the year 2019, almost 2020, something that centered around social media, which seemingly is almost how all fights get booked and where the UFC is obviously testing their audience to see where interest lies. So You know what? This award actually kind of makes a lot of sense. I wouldn't call it in the category of wacky or bad. It's just kind of funny, I guess. Uh, The award being, who is fighting with the most absurdly passionate social media following? Gumby, I'm going to give you three nominees, and you're going to proclaim a winner here. So who has the most bonkers fan club on social media that you just don't want to pick a fight with because you're going to lose? Option one friend of the show, Eric Anders. Option two, Elias Theodoro. Option three, Joe Gianetti. Oof, yeah. And I, I, I thought about all of these uh, pretty heavily when we thought of this award. The the first ever Toppy Award here is going to go to Joe Gianetti. Uh, and, and as much what? as I... Yes, and as much as I love Joe Gianetti... Uh, from the Ultimate Fighter. I mean, I'm a Massachusetts guy. I, I love Joe Gianetti from the regional scene. You know, I, I wish he was in the UFC still. Dude, this past weekend, watching his fan base verbally attack uh, Patty the Batty Pimblet for not taking a <laughs> fight with a dude who's eight pounds overweight, 
is vicious, dude. Like, they're, they're making Patty Pimblett out to be, like, one of the worst dudes in the world who just doesn't want to fight a guy who came in on seven days' notice he didn't have time to prepare for and is, you know, much more heavy than he is. Uh, so, for that reason, I picked him. I also want to throw honorable mention. I was going to pick Eric Anders because if you ever saw the Eric Anders fan club just absolutely shit all over the guys from heavy hands for making fun of Eric Anders, it's pretty entertaining. Uh, Twitter pretty much had their way with those guys. So, um Special honorable mention to those Eric Anders fans out there. I love it. We are starting the Toppy Awards with a dark horse, if you will, the Joe Gianetti Fan Club <laughs> winning our first ever Toppy Award. All right, I'm so excited to do this. Uh, we have a very special uh, surprise, a very special guest who's going to pick the next category, the next award. Uh, Gumby, let me hand this one over to you. So the next award we're going to give away has to do with the things that you never want to hear again when 2020 takes over. We've heard some really terrible slogans in 2019. And before we give this award away, we're going to welcome back Dominic Reyes, who is going to pick the winner of the award. Dom, thanks for coming back for the award portion of the show. Yeah, thanks for having me for the awards. (laughs) (laughs) So... For this award, the things we never want to hear in 2020, I'm going to read you the finalists, and you're going to make the official pick on which one is the winner. So, the possible options are, drumroll please, three-piece in a soda, as, as qualified by Jorge Masvidal, bend the knee, the famous slogan given now on every single Instagram post from Henry Cejudo, Nerd Bash, as uh, commonly phrased by Colby Covington. And last but not least, the recently retired uh, Ben Askren's famous Boom Roasted. So, Dominic, we're going to turn it to you. For the things you never want to hear in 2020 award, which one is the winner? The winner for the things you don't want to hear in 2020 award goes to Henry Cejudo. Bend the knee. (laughs) All right, so tell us a little bit about why Ben the Knee wins the award. The Ben Ben the Knee wins because, man, this this is this is just too much now, Henry. Just <laughs> please stop. Just just please stop. <laughs> That's all I have to say. All right, thanks so much, Dom, for stopping by for this portion of the award. And for the next award, I am back with my co-host Shockwave Dave Tremonte to talk about what is the most ridiculous. Moment of the year. Dave, are you ready to hear the four nominees? No, I'm not ready. (laughs) All right. No, I am. Go ahead. All right. So here they go. Uh, The first nominee, the fact that the BMF title was ever created. Option number two, Greg Hardy on the stool, uses an inhaler, wins the fight, gets a no contest. Option number three, Henry Cejudo on social media calls out Valentina Shevchenko for an intergender title match. And then option number four, the fact that that ref never stopped Thomas Gifford's beatdown at the hands of Mike Davis. So I ask you, Shockwave Dave, what is your pick for the most ridiculous moment of the year? Gumby, I'm going to do something a little ridiculous, and I'm going to get to the winner of the most ridiculous moment of the year in a backwards way. I'm going to go over why the other category or why the other nominees didn't win. I so love it. I love the elimination of, play. Oh, 
It's an elimination play, okay? It's like we're playing Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. I'm talking out loud and eliminating the four <laughs> options. There's three options to get to my fourth option, which is the winner. And here we go. The ref doesn't stop Thomas Gifford beating by Mike Davis. Listen, that was insane and crazy to watch and maybe makes for a fun Instagram video to share with your friends and say, God, that ref sucks. But uh, it happens, you know? It's a sad fact of MMA. It just it happens. Uh, it wasn't any more egregious than the worst non-stoppage in 2018 and 2017. So that's not winning for me. Cejudo calls out Shevchenko. Pretty funny. <laughs> Starting to respect Cejudo's social media troll game. But again, you know, I, I don't necessarily think he was serious in the whole thing. I think he did it a little bit for attention. So it's not enough to win an award. Greg Hardy uses an inhaler. Definitely ridiculous. Probably should win, but it won't. Uh, it just was stupid. And Greg Hardy, in my opinion, doesn't deserve to win anything uh, <laughs> as far as a prestigious award like the Toppy Award. So with that being said, the most ridiculous moment of the year, and I'm going to catch heat for saying this, Gumby, it was the BMF title. Guys, let's all take a step back. I know we were all, guys and girls, I should say, I know we were all excited about the BMF title. The Rock presented it. MSG, a president, was there. It had all the makings of an event, a happening, if you will. But at the end of the day, it was a fake fucking title <laughs> between a guy and Masvidal is, you know, peaking right now. And it was great for his brand. It was great for his mainstream exposure. So I'm not saying it was the wrong business move. It was very much the right business move. UFC being a for-profit business did everything right. But UFC, for being a sport, for being what Dana White says is the fastest growing sport in the world and a one-day take on soccer and whatever other ridiculous things he says as they try to tackle the NFL, the BMF title is not sport. Mm -hmm. It's WWE. And yeah. I'm a WWE fan. Long time, old school. It was ridiculous. And it's deserving of an award to be called out for its ridiculousness. And I kind of think the MMA gods, in a bit of karma, had it end the way it did. And something we spoke about offline, Gumby, that I think is worth bringing up, there are rumors right now of Khabib versus Tony taking place in Brooklyn in April. If you've listened to our show, <laughs> we've been heartbroken the 20 times that fight has been canceled. We had a whole if that show fight were to take to place... <laughs> We had a whole show devoted that, to it at one point in time. <laughs> we did. Maybe one of our – I thought it was one of our best shows. I think it was one of our most lowest rated shows because we basically just went through every one of their fights and broke them down. So if you're a huge, hardcore Khabib or Tony fan, check out our archives for that. If you're not, please don't ever listen to that episode. But that being <laughs> said, I don't care that the BMF title was marred by the New York State Athletic Commission. I'm going to be very unhappy if Khabib Tony – is the war it deserves to be against the two best lightweights in history, let's face it, finally meet, fifth time's a charm, and is it going to go down to a bad judge's decision because they're fighting in New York? That would be horrific. Yeah, I, I don't think I could handle that, really. Uh, and like I said, I said this off air, too, but I'll say it again. New York is not just bad because of that commission decision. You also have to remember that this is the place that put a semi-inexperienced ref 
in uh, the first ever women's flyweight or uh, featherweight title fight and pretty much screwed mm-hmm. Holly Holm out of the title uh, in that case because she got poked in the eye seven times and hit after the bell twice uh, and no point deductions. They're, they're also the, the people who tried to keep Pro Gonzalez from fighting because they suspected that she had fake boobs and then eventually let her fight mm-hmm. anyway after they had already announced that they were canceling the fight. So, like, this is a commission that has done more than one shady thing or more than one bad thing. So, yeah, like... I'm with you on that one. It's it's scary. They're ridiculous. The BMF title was the most ridiculous moment of the year, uh, and you could send your hate tweets to at Top Turtle on the May if you disagree. All right, last award here, Gumby. I'm going to cue you up. Uh, this is really up your alley because you are really the fight booking man. Uh, so it's the most confusing fight booking of 2019. Here are your nominees. Derek Lewis versus Alir Latifi, which is scheduled to take place in early 2020. MVP versus anyone, uh, Richard Keeley or Giovanni Melillo. Uh, or you could do Charles Oliveira versus Jared Gordon. Oliveira won five in a row all finishes. Gordon was one and two coming into it. What do you got? Whew. Um, I'll take a little bit of a... Uh lesson out of your book here and i'm gonna go backwards first of all i'm gonna dq Derek lewis versus Ilir latifi because while it's an absolute freak show fight i actually kind of love it because like Ilir latifi is mm. gonna go up a division he's gonna fight at heavyweight despite the fact he's like what is he like fucking 510 the, the dude is not tall and at least you're gonna put him against a guy who has an equally bad gas tank you know like, like at least he's gonna go up there and throw with Derek Lewis, who, like, you know, looks tired 15 seconds into a fight, never mind 15 minutes into a fight. So, hey, if you, Eler Latifi wants to try a couple of rounds at heavyweight and see if that fixes his career, good for him. Now, when I'm looking at the other two, Charles Oliveira was doing that because he just wanted to fight in Brazil, right? That's, that's the only reason why we're having Charles Oliveira fight. And nobody wants to fight Charles Oliveira. The dude's killing people right now. He's got six finishes in a row. MVP is somebody who in theory, Bellator is trying to build up as the next big star. He had just gotten flatlined. I believe it was in late 2018, maybe even early 2019 by Douglas Lima in absolutely vicious fashion. And you, you you rebound by getting a win against Paul Daly, and then you could book him. He beat Paul Daly. You could book him with anybody else at that point, and instead you pick Richard Kiley, who, by the way, I, knowing a vast amount of, like, random regional-level MMA dudes, have no fucking idea who Richard Kiley is. It is an absurd pairing, and, like, it's almost like a, you're a WWE fan, a, a jobber squash match, which Bellator mm-hmm, is yeah. not, Bellator's not in the business of doing. Look what they did with Aaron Pico. The dude fought killers all the time. And maybe that's not great for Aaron Pico's career, but MVP with a win over Paul Daly can certainly handle better than Richard Kiley. And I know this, Gio, I, I'm going to throw out the Giovanni Biello one because that one was a, a late notice fill-in. But like, so I'm going to pick... MVP versus Richard Kiley is one of the most ridiculous fight bookings I've seen in recent history, especially if you're trying to build up a star. So that's going to be the winner of our fourth and final top award. Yeah, and I just have to agree with you on that. Uh, to me, anything that takes place at heavyweight, we've seen wild swings and weight yeah. at heavyweight because, let's face it, it goes from 206 to 265. So mm. you're going to kind of get that sometimes. Alir Latifi does seem a little insane to me just because – 
I would have to imagine he has the shortest reach in the division. He's just so short. Most heavyweights, I feel like, are at least six feet tall. Although I guess maybe DC was like 5'11". But, uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily hate that. I think it's kind of fun. I don't think it's like, you know, it ain't Mighty Mouse versus Derek Lewis. Although I've had talks at my gym about how that needs to happen and someone actually thought Mighty Mouse could win. It's it's not crazy. Um, so I agree with your your methodology there. But as you said, that was our last award. We hope you enjoyed it. Hit us up on our Twitter, at Top Turtle MMA. Let us know if you like the Toppy Awards. Let us know if you hated the Toppy Awards. We're accepting both love and hate feedback currently. Gumby, why don't you wrap us up, do a little house cleaning, and uh, get us the heck out of here. Well, of course, that's going to do it for another episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast. We want to thank you, the fans, for tuning in each and every week. We couldn't have a show without you guys. We also want to thank Flow Combat for having us on the website each and every week because that helps us get into more of your ears. We also want to thank our sponsors, a story about a fight from uh, Rumination Films, Maroon Social, and the Punch Lab app. And we want to remind you guys to check out our Twitter, at TopTurtleMMA. And I'm Daniel Gumby-Vruin, he's Shockwave Dave Tremonte, and we will see you next week.